Yellow and I don't mean the color. You're on the pod with Hannah. What's going on? Welcome back to Bards of New York, an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We would like to thank you for listening and encourage you to support us by telling a friend, finding us on social media, and watching us live on Twitch, Mondays at 6.30 p.m. EST. We appreciate all of your help and we love you. Now, on to the show. Nice! Hello, 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 and welcome back to another weekly installment of Bards of New York. You may be thinking to yourselves, huh, this looks a little different, but also familiar. And that's because we're back on our old-ish with a little, little distanced Zoom session at the moment, given that we are in different locales. Oh shit, uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm the DM right now. Yeah. Uh, I told you. I love it. Well, this is... It's been a minute. I'm also... I'm playing tarot today, so... Uh, uh, Yeah. Get ready for some serious life-changing decisions. Well, at the very least... Conveniently, Drew's in the right spot. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a big pharma conspiracy to me. (laughs) I thought you said big farmer. (laughs) Sure, also, Pepperidge Farm (laughs) does remember, so... Uh, Um, Big farm rough rough these days uh so we're just gonna fix things on the fly again it's been a long time since we did D this way like a really long time um so just be patient with us as we go along um we'll be back on our old ways in no time uh thank you for joining us today not a whole well actually uh before i get on with the more standard announcements hannah i feel like you have something fun to share i do uh I am now a permanent player over with our friends at Legends of Alos. So I will be there on Sundays from 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but yeah, come come check us out over there. They're really, really lovely. I'm really excited. And um, yeah, they're they're just they're just great people. Great people. And I can't wait to see you all over there. That's a threat. <laughs> It's a threat and a promise all at And once. a promise. Um, yeah, that's like official, proper, top-tier friend of the show stuff. Right yep. there. Like friend real, of the show. Legend real of deal friend of the show. Um, not that Nick Cage isn't also a friend of the show. It's just these are different levels, right? Um, fabulous. Good stuff. Another crack group of storytellers over there. Cracking group of storytellers. Um, on to just more standard stuff. Definitely, if you haven't yet, jump on our Discord it's the place to be uh lots of fun uh, again the, the tavern channel continues to pop off as always lots of fun drinks coming through there um but it's just the best place to stay abreast of all things bards and um it's another one a nice community hub i know a lot of our other friend of the shows are in there and a uh, little bit of banter going back and forth uh, and especially as we've been doing some more of, the, of this text-based focused stuff that i'm sure we'll share bits and pieces of gradually as it becomes more relevant to what's going on on stream it's just a great medium for any of that. So jump on there. Uh, check us out on Instagram as well. Uh, that's where a lot of our traction has been coming from initially. Um, don't think I have anything else to um, announce. I, I'll announce. I don't know much about it, but apparently I've been notified that Spotify is now doing video podcasts. Oh, yeah. So 
more to come in that. But as a segue, watch us on the podcast if you'd like, or li- and listen, and uh, and tell other people. Give us a rate. Oh yeah, please rate us. That's how we get some yeah. uh, a nice little boost on there. Uh, looks like Drew, you've done sterling work, and we're all in our proper spots on the stream. So to prep us for jumping right back into the world of Regulus Prime, 10,000 years on from our original start point, time for a tasty little tarot. And since I've got them here and I am in a distinctly different place than the rest of you, I will pull, but you guys tell me when to stop shuffling here. Just gonna, you know, give it a little moment. Now! Now! Perfect. And that gives us, ooh! The Hermit. It's like the third card with a picture of Solus on it. There's no favoritism in this house. But uh, <laughs> the Hermit, it's a classic, classic symbol, uh, like a an ascetic, you know, a single-minded dedication to a cause, uh, perhaps at the expense of your worldly connections. Dedication, but at what cost? Drive, but solitude. The lonely work. Something to think about. Something to think about. We'll see. Enlightenment is also something that's often linked to this this card. The, the pursuit of knowledge above all other things. Very interesting. Interesting stuff. So may the hermit guide you as we return to the charred fields outside, immediately outside of the city walls of Calanthus. Last session found the group of you <laughs> known as Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, and I'll see if I can find the, the correct, like, Old English pronunciation for those, because that's going to be the best way to go about that. Uh, Earth, wind, and fire. Have you seen the, the videos of the guys who do, like, this is what Shakespearean monologues would sound like in Shakespearean times. And it's, like, just the shittiest stuff ever. Um, um, yeah, precisely. I'll figure out what the what the appropriately pretentious way to pronounce these is and I'll refer to you exclusively as that. Case in point, you woke up in your swanky uh, coalition high-rise apartment, uh, had a little breakfast, had a little coffee, um, met with your handler before heading into the market to make some appearances, chat uh, with some friendly shopkeeps, before... In theory, meeting with the um, some coalition, like, basically uh, bigwigs, some of your previous colleagues down by the docks to just sort of have a, a briefing on what had happened lately and what was going to come next. Uh, but your business was interrupted when there was a, a rumbling, a sh- sort of flash of fire outside of the walls, which you all immediately rushed over towards and found this strange like dark iron construct with this sort of like layered lantern for a head and this huge sword uh, seemingly trying to get into the city. And as soon as you all arrived, its attention immediately focused on the three of you and you teed off with it. It was a bit of a a hair-raising fight um, with Ignis taking the brunt of it as Ignis got there first. But after some serious combat you dispatched it as its ashes sort of 
faded away and flew off into the air, uh, leaving the three of you in these in the scorched field. Am I missing anything there? Okay. So that's where we'll pick up. I believe, Ignis, you were just lying down in the grass there, having taken the, the brunt of that. Uh, and that's where we'll pick up. The three of you there with literally still some of the, the embers of the grass smoldering with some smoke sort of wending up into the air. You can hear the sounds of various guards people on the walls sort of shouting at each other holstering their equipment scanning the horizon and the sort of clanking sound ching, 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 of the uh what am i talking the portcullis being raised back up into the walls as the city gate slowly opens so with the three of you in this field what are you doing Ignis, are you alive? Ignis? That depends. On what? I don't know. I can't think straight, but I, I yeah, I think I'm alive. Angelo, how many times have we talked about your aiming? To be quite honest, I, I would say almost the the actual fire felt better than the, whatever that was. <laughs> I also stabbed you. I'm sorry. When? I I did a full baseball bat swing with my sword through you. <laughs> oh yeah. I think I need uh, help. I'm kind of blacking out. My vision's really blurry. Uh, well, it's funny you mention that, because as you're just sort of conversing, again, some, some bodily fluids of yours, Ignis, leaking into the ground, given the, the gravity of your wounds, as the final chunk of the portcullis uh, sort of landing in its spot at the top of the gate, you can hear the sound of, like, wheels clattering against cobblestone uh, and horses' hooves as this chariot pulled by two fairly sizable horses in um, full coalition coalition copper and sapphire regalia, pulling this beautiful Art Deco sort of long open-air chariot, wheels out of the front gate and sort of steers into the field before making a sharp right turn and coming to a halt as the driver pulls up on those reins. Um, as the chariot itself contains four individuals that rush out of the chariot and dash towards you. There are two knights of the coalition, full, like fully armored, heavy armor, helmets on, uh, and two of these figures cloaked in uh, almost like toga-esque robes, uh, leaving one shoulder open for a little chainmail, where the rest of the, the, the robe is like inlaid with copper itself. And these are coalition clerics these two, the, the sort of priests and or adjudicators of the, of the coalition. And they rush out of the chariot and sort of dash over to you. The knights getting there first. We came as quickly as we could. Are you in need of assistance? Is the threat still present? I hit myself with a second level cure wound. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Letting some of those wounds stitch together. What do you need? I I just I've got a hole in my thigh. I'd love I'd love there to not be a hole there anymore, please. One of the clerics comes over to you. He sort of like gets down on one ish knee, sort of in a squat, and just lays these gloved hands that are sort of inlaid with uh, a series of symbols. It looks like the divine focus is in the palm of the hand there. Almost like, um, uh, you know, in Indiana Jones one, where he holds the amulet mm-hmm. and it burns mm-hmm. the thing into the hand. It's like an imprint of the of that sort of a talisman in the glove. It just presses the, your, their hands on your thigh and pumps just a regular level three. Cure wounds, which funnily enough, I don't actually have known off the top of my head how many dice that cure is. Cure wounds? Cure, cure, cure wounds. The hole oh, is so stitched up. The hole is stitched up. Three, so three, three kills my hole. <sighs> I don't know why I say these things anymore. Um, so that's going to be... Oh, they rolled terribly. Um, it's going to be 13 points of health back for you, uh, along you. with that particular wound being sort of sealed and, and scarring over a little bit. Um the other cleric, again, rushing off of the chariot. Do you need anything? Is there anything else I can provide for you? We need to talk to the people in charge to find out what this is about. Of course. We're fine, right, right. We're all walking, we're all alive, we'll be fine. We'll hear, heal our bruises. We need the coalition right away. Indeed. The recusants were already stationed at the docks. We can take you there now if you would like. Yes, please, let's go. Indeed. Before you go, listen to me very carefully. I need a brand new 12-year scotch. I need 50 gold. And that's it. (laughs) Are you saying this? Which are you saying this to the driver, the cleric, or the knights? To anyone who'll listen. <laughs> to the group. Um, <laughs> these are my demands. Um, can you roll the persuasion check? You're darn tootin' I can't. Is Angelo, are you still flying in the sky? No, I landed. I think you'd landed okay. during the fight, right? You sort yeah. of like did a dive I, bomb. I landed when I stabbed Ignis. Yeah, skewered the pair of That's a 10. Uh, one of the knights who's mostly focused, the two knights that mostly focus on scanning the horizon, uh, sort of leans over their shoulder. We'll get that to you if we can. Uh, <laughs> for now, we have other priorities. Understood? You're muted. Okay. <laughs> Great. Great. We're, we're adjusting back to this virtual real well, guys. Yeah. Great, great. Um, I just don't want to sniffle all the time. You tell me about it. Uh, so, with that demand being heard, the knights, again, they stay off of the chariot. They're mostly, like, examining some of the scars in the earth, some of the debris from the battle, and clearly waiting on some other arrival. As the two clerics help you up onto the, the chariot, the wagon of the chariot, uh, and lean over to the driver to the docks, quickly. And the chariot pulls away with a yeah, you know. 
these horses immediately rear up, pull around, and back into the city, almost retracing the route that you'd come from. And as you guys are galloping or, or trotting, cantering, not quite a gallop, basically, is what I'm going for here, uh, right. moving fairly quickly through the city here, uh, you can see the tone has shifted a little bit. It's not like everyone's in full panic apocalypse mode, but even as you go through the market, um, it's a little more sparsely populated than it was before. And any people that you do see are mostly sort of like murmuring to each other, looking uh, westward, eastward towards the walls. Um, there seems to be a, a general sense of confusion. And as soon as you guys pass by in this chariot in the state of wounds that you're in, presuming you're not like hunkered down hiding in the chariot, eyes track you through the city. But despite the intensity, sunglasses on, <laughs> just like you know, blood trickling from mouth, bandages being wrapped around other wounds, just you know, too cool for school. Um, yeah, it's it's all it's a little jarring the juxtaposition of the scene here. The the sun is clear as day out in the sky. The sky is blue um, and free of clouds. The air is warm. Like just a lovely day by any other accounts. Um, but the air is just charged a little bit. Um, I think there is a sense as you pass through the city here of like, what more could there possibly be? Right? But the further away from the walls you go as you descend through the sort of roadways and underneath the elevated tracks that form the monorail system throughout Calanthus, the further away from the walls you go, the less and less that air of apprehension is present. Um, the less and less the rumblings of the battle were felt or even seen at all. Um, so the air is easier as you go. Um, takes, uh, doesn't take too long, probably about 10 or so minutes to pass through the city. But with the presence of these clerics on the chariot with you, I will allow you to take the benefits of a short rest. As basically through these 10 minutes, since the clerics are not uh, driving the chariot at all, they're basically sitting with you, attending to you, um, catering to your needs. And instead of like out here rolling all these healing spells or going through, you know, individual dice rolls, you can just take the benefits of a long rest or a short rest rather. And it's at the end of this journey, as you sort of come down the final slope of cobbled roadway. What is that? That's my dice roller I bought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm streaming my sound. Shout out. Okay. Um, it's just scared the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> Someone's coming in to your yes, apartment. What the hell? <laughs> um, yeah, so you come down this final slope of cobbled road as the city sort of opens up to the flatter part of terrain at sea level um, as the brilliance of the shining sort of sapphire spire of the of the sapphire citadel across the water sort of gleams in the uh, in the sunlight and the way these docks are set up as you come down through the, the probably the main road this chariot has come through. There are a bunch of other smaller roads that lead from the sloping cliffside part of Calanthus to the docks. It's a long stretch of horizontal um, metalwork and woodwork uh, that basically are segmented in three portions. 
there is the uh like the public docks all the way down to the south side of the docks uh it's the more cramped slightly more um unkempt part of the waterfront uh it's where you've got a bunch of boats moored very densely packed uh lots of little fishmongers setting up up there uh little stalls and things uh, a lot of people moving back and forth both commercial and personal usage of these boats then you've got the like the the trading sector immediately next to that um sort of just a little bit further south in the middle of the docks um fairly officially run it's well polished well kept not that many uh places to moor uh given that the boats that dock there are fairly large these are like you know the the larger trading vessels meant to haul cargo up and down the mortal states um not a ton of boats docked in the trading sector now uh but the boats are there again quite large quite uh expensive vessels but then as you're coming down the main street onto the most northern sector of the docks, the largest sector of the docks, but also the most private, this is the uh, the coalition dock side, right? This is where you've got the official vessels of the coalition docking. It's where any of the delegates can dock their boats. It's where any of the military vessels can dock way at the most northern end. Um, there are a couple warships docked in there now, um, along with the... The shipyard is all the way up there as well. Uh, and that's a huge sprawling piece of mass and or landmass there that almost isn't counted as dock land, right? Because it's it's more about construction. But here you've got a bunch of these uh almost little ports meant for varying degrees of, of coalition vessels. And right in the center, you have this ramp sloping down to the actual beachfront. The soft, sort of yellow sand intermingled with this darker almost gravel like um gray sand that sort of stretches along the entirety of the the waterfront here all the way along the docks um but this portion of the coalition beachfront is kept very very clear because it's here where you have the long copper gangway leading up to the sapphire citadel and it's almost it functions almost like a uh uh a modern day bridge that cars can pass over but gets opened up when boats pass through um but it, and that's both for sort of traversing the waters here and also to bar access to the sapphire citadel and as you come down onto the docks at into the coalition dock front you have those those copper the copper gangplank is fully raised and detached but stationed just at the edge of the ramp leading from the uh the coalition docks to the beach is this open air tent set up uh with the sort of the beautiful like royal blue with copper trim tarp laid over the top um some banners with the coalition's seal on them um sort of resting on either side of the front entrance to this uh this open air tent and do you do you know what i mean by sort of it's, it doesn't have like walls that go all the way down to the end it's it's just this basically canvas roof held up by these copper pillars and as the chariot comes to a halt at the top of the ramp here um you can see into that tent uh there are a number of coalition knights stationed around the inside and there's a big wooden table that's been placed on the sand in the middle of it, behind which it, uh, 
you can see a number of what you would recognize as knight recusants standing. And these are dressed in the same, like, beautiful gilded copper plate as the regular coalition knights. The plates are all just, like, lighter and slimmer and sharper, um, meant to protect without inhibiting movement, as that's what these, you know, agents need to operate with. So you can you can see a bunch of them sort of steps stationed at the table. The lead one in the center who's got their hands on the table looking over some documents tilts their head up and sees you arrive on the chariot, whispers or gestures, speaks to a couple of their others around you as they dash out of the tent. And you recognize them as somebody you've worked with, you Ignis more than others, as the head of the Knight Recusants, Kvora. Knight Recusant Kvora, who you've specifically was trained under, uh, but worked with all of you on the raid at the cradle. So she comes out from the tent are you hurt? Are you well? Yes. <sighs> Prepare some healing poultices. Get them ready now. Please, come. She beckons to you before she heads back into the tent. Hera strides up very, like, like semi-angry at this situation that she thought was handled already. Absolutely. Are the pair of you following, or are you waiting for another impetus? I, I follow Tara. Okay. So, led by you, Tara, <clears throat> head down almost in a triangle down this ramp and across the soft sand of the beach, that cool sea breeze rolling in, um, sound of distant chimes coming off of the wind, sort of brushing against the crystalline sides of the, of the Sapphire Citadel. As soon as you step in under the auspices of this this tent, um, you can the, the midday heat sort of immediately wends away as there's some enchantment lingering on this uh, on this structure that sort of mediates the environment. Some, like smell of like sandalwood and incense coming from a couple of the little tapers burning on the sides of the table here, um, as Kavora loops back around the table and takes a seat on the little wooden stool that she's got placed there. A couple of the other night recusants are sort of opening some kit, getting a piece of poultice out, little healing potions and whatnot. Kavora sits there, looks to you, Terra. You seem displeased. I can understand that much. What happened? We were at the market for opening day, and everything was fine, and then all of a sudden we see a futurist mech trying to knock down the gate. You sure it was futurist? It seemed futurist to me, and I look to Ignis and Angelo to back me up. It seemed pretty futurist. Unless you have another answer. <clears throat> I... we did not see it. We have some knights out there now trying to scope out what is left, but as far as any details, the account is left to you. So if you say it's futurist, then that is the assumption we will go on. It was using a similar kind of uh, uh, small thingies. You know what I mean. I you know what I mean? do. That reminds me. 
she beckons to one of her recusants who comes over with this device. It looks sort of like a divining rod, right? This single piece of brass or copper metal that has been shaped with a handle up into this bident here, encrusted with two sort of dull green gemstones at the top with some runic enchantment work around the, the edge. She takes it from the, the fellow there. I had meant to broach this subject under different circumstances as merely a theorem, but this morning's activities have perhaps made this a slight bit more urgent. Terra, might I ask to examine the um, your scar tissue to experiment with a hypothesis here? Yes. And she presents her arm. Dora holds out this divining rod and begins sort of running it over any area of your arm where that scar, that sort of almost steam burn like scar tissue is. The Inquisitors have come up with something of a hypothesis about the nature of this plague. And in previous testing, it had revealed some results. She continues to sort of gesture this over you that seemed unlikely and unfortunate. And I myself was not choosing not to believe them, but and at mid-sentence, as that she's been waving this thing over, the divining rod begins to vibrate and hum as the two dull green gems light a bit, sort of glow. She sort of presses the gems just gently down onto your skin as the gems glow a little more. And so too does your scar little sort of twinkling green lights sort of flicker almost like fireflies in particular parts of the scar tissue okay this lines up with a quick flick of her wrist with this divining rod those green gemstones almost draw out the beads of light on your arm and they get flicked up almost into like a an aurora, like a line of sort of fading green light in the air that sort of trickles up and wends through the air to the northwest, to the northeast rather. And it stays there tr tracing its path until it wends out of sight before eventually as she places the divining rod down the, and it sort of deactivates, the light disappears. <sighs> the fuck was that? Confirmation. Informed the High Inquisitor that <laughs> they were right. And we need more of these. Did you just locate them? Not exactly. But the thought is that there are still traces of the... What did I miss? <laughs> the music seeped up and it was like an oh. inception you, boom. It was so <laughs> dramatic. You, you went... You went. Confirmation. <laughs> boom. Great. Um... 
there are traces oh, of whatever carried this illness <laughs> in all of you. And they are still, whatever these traces are, still active. Not active enough to cause a flare-up of the plague, it seems, but active enough to be traced. And if you're telling me that this construct was functioning with a similar conglomerate of these small constructed particulates, then perhaps the source of these things, this trail that we're seeing continuously, leads to the same spot. I am reluctant to place a burden on your shoulders yet again. But the truth of the matter is we are none of us are as experienced with these dealings as you are. Understood. So before we move any further, I would like to ask your I would like to ask for a favor on behalf of the coalition. To prevent any further incursions from this force that refuses to be put down, we would ask that you take a series of these divining prototypes and follow the trail where it leads. We will provide you with any support that you would need. You could take whatever time it would require to follow this to its conclusion. But if you would follow the path laid out for you, find whatever is continuing to provide this signal for these mites and disable it. We'd be perhaps one step closer to figuring out how to stop this. As much as I wanted to believe that we had stopped it, I ask a brief question of you, table talking it. Okay. Would the three of you have told any members of the coalition, whether it was Recusant Kavora, the Inquisitor, anyone, you know, your handler, uh, would you have told them that you, what you noticed about Vindictus and their demise? I think yeah, I think we would have said we don't think this is the end of Vindictus. That what happened was very lich-like, but in a more mechanical way. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I've I seen agree. a reason to hide it. Okay. Unless there was totally a reason to hide it, and now we're fine. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> in which case, we didn't say anything. No, it's, I think it's it, absolutely up to you. you. Again, the paths you guys have been taking, you seem to have been fairly forthcoming with the with the coalition, and they've been fairly forthcoming with you, especially um, Night Wreckage and Kavora. Um, given what you've told me about about their previous leader and their nebulous state of being. I had wanted to believe that perhaps they would be out of commission for longer, but now I'm not so sure. It's unfortunate. I 
had wanted to meet with you today to discuss these findings on more docile terms. Mm -hmm. Do you have any sense of what this construct wanted this morning? To be fair, no. It seemed to just want, like, to fight. To destroy. Like, I would say that, I would say it was after us, but I think that might have just been because we were the ones that were there. Mm-hmm. It was attacking the wall itself, not the people. Is there anything having to do with wards in the city? I mean, the walls are warded themselves, but nothing nothing out of the ordinary some simple spellcraft it also was able to see through my invisibility Mm. that's I I, kind of forget is that something that we've had to deal with these things in the past there was nothing like that to that degree in the cradle as far as your dealings with Vindictus themselves that's only something you can say that seems like a considerable considerable threat if it could see through obscurity like that magical obscurity mm-hmm. but but yeah judging by just its general demeanor it seems simply set to destroy and do it quickly hmm that is worrying most worrying And do you think the the deed is final? It is destroyed, is it not? I think so. I don't think it's a situation where it will come back. Hmm. More might come. In which case, I think we just don't open the door. Perhaps. My only worry would be if it is after whatever something in the city, and you leave, and more arrive we could be at considerable risk. Is there anything in the Sapphire Citadel that would attract what the futurists are after? Or anyone? Other than the governing body of the entire mortal states? I'm unsure. There's no technology or anything? Nothing that would be particular to them. Not that I am particularly willing to disclose. Iggity, iggity insight. <laughs> uh, wrong in insight check. <laughs> It's like, you know, those keyboards, like dictionary, dictionary, insight, insight. 27. 27. I mean, how can I say this other than saying there, uh, there is a reticent nature about Kavora there. Not unusual to you. I think Ignis, you are, you've studied under her for some time. Um, definitely plays every hand she ever deals close to the chest. And this is no exception. No, nothing that I am particularly willing to disclose and nothing that I would hope anyone outside of these walls would be, outside of the walls of the Citadel itself, would be aware of either. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you there. Willing to disclose. You're asking us to leave and go on this this mission without all the information if you think any information is pertinent you know us we have never lied to you we've never 
withheld information from you. So why would you do the same for us? Simply because I am... Awkwardly. Above her pay grade? She just stands up and walks out the north side of the tent and starts like strolling hands behind the back up the beach. You follow? Yep, follow. She's just walking for a moment, strolling, sort of looking down at the sand, taking brief looks westward to the horizon. There is nothing that I would have thought particularly of interest to these futurists, given their documentation and how they approached assaulting our way of life. Nothing within the Sapphire Citadel that would have been immediately pertinent to accelerating their cause. Nor is there anything that I consider particularly outlandish or dangerous to the people, save for the fact that the mechanisms that operate the entirety of the coalition rail and most widespread coalition technology, the hub of their power source stems from matrices built into the sublayers of the Citadel. I am only unwilling to disclose their precise locale because I am unwilling to entertain the idea that should you all be detained and otherwise used to extract information out of that that would be something they could wrench from you does make sense though mm-hmm. Take, taking that down would cripple the entire country then why not seek it earlier why all this pretense with a sickness? Plans change. Good I mean, we did, we did thwart the sickness as much as we could, so maybe this is plan B. Or, I mean, isn't their whole thing is to, to find out what makes people tick, but also to make a better version of existence? And so by the disease weeding out the weak ones, you already have the stronger ones left. Angelo, uh, do you have anything to say? Maybe you're uh, sorry for burning and cutting me? Or or you can comment on this. That's fine, too. I said I'm sorry. Seems fairly charged. They weren't using any sort of mind-altering devices, were they? Mm. Huh, I don't know. Uh, did you did you experience any of that? I, I didn't exactly experience that. I made some mistakes. And I have made similar mistakes before. And I sometimes, you know, I get a little bit of tunnel vision. So I, I'm really sorry. And I will try to keep my eyes open in the future. Ignis. Thank you. Ross sort of stops walking. 
This seems like a remarkably personal discussion, but I am not- It's fine. We're all fine. We're all alive. We have all our limbs. Barely. I'm a little high off of whatever pain medication the clerics gave us in the cart, so, uh, yeah. Understandable. Understandable. I wasn't hurt in any way, so I'm fine. Get fucked. <laughs> Again, this is something that I don't feel I need to be present for. This kind Laura, of, um... I, I, I want to go on this. I want to do this, because this is important to me. I look at Ignis. Are you coming? Angelo? Oh, like I'm going to suddenly say no. I mean, where you guys go, I go. Okay. So. Okay. We can take these and follow the path. Indeed. Is there anything else you have not told us? Or do we need to go to one of your higher-ups to know more information? I've given the nature of my position. There are few higher up than myself that would have anything useful to say to you. Only pencil pushers and policy makers to get in your way and try and push their own agenda upon you. I have no interest in bogging you down with that. I just think that we need some more clout, you know? We gotta... We gotta be looped in on these things. I understand. The, if we're gonna be doing all the heavy lifting. I can provide you with regular messenger ravens out to mm -hmm. your position. As we learn things, we can send them your way. And upon your return, should this be successful, I am willing to stake my position on making you not just members of the coalition as you already are, but having you sit in on delegation meetings themselves. Because these people, these delegates, they... They don't see things the way you do, the way the recusants do, the way the inquisitors do even. They don't have the same field experience that, that we are able to clean information from. Is it possible to just like get it in writing? Or do we have to do we have to be there? No. <clears throat> I can get uh, that. Yeah, like just like a general notes and then we I can I mean I you guys go can do if you, you don't want. want to go. I think we I mean, should I, go. I, My point is regardless of your your desire to Provided successful completion of this task, you will have free access to the delegation, and that is not something that many people can, many people even of my status, can attend. Not that I necessarily would want to. But it's the best that I can do. As far as not telling you things, there is nothing that I am choosing to hide from you. Not at this point. Why would I? It does not benefit me. Mm -hmm. Okay. More to the point, I can get you certainly each a divining beacon for use. I'm not sure you will need to be careful with them as they, they are still 
in their prototype phase, they they may have fair hitches along the way that we are not yet party to as you use them in the field. But beyond that, is there anything else you require from me and from my department? I can't think of anything. Fair enough. By the end of the afternoon, I will have something of a traveling care package deposited at your lodgings, including these divining beacons, rations, some equipment. And once that's there, you may take it as you see fit and venture forth on your own time. Again, I impose no strict schedule to you, towards you. You are free agents of the coalition. But I would imagine the more succinctly and swiftly we can deal with this, the better it will be for everyone and specifically for the three of you. Agreed. Good. Good. She looks sort of out to the, the citadel, eyes glazing over a bit. The one thing I would ask is, as much as you can afford, perhaps try discretion amongst the commoners and the citizens of the mortal states. They Their emotional constitution is perhaps not what it once was. And I fear if these troubles persist and persist publicly, we may find ourselves in yet another state of unrest. We'll be discreet. I trust you there. Now, I will make sure that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. I'll get the requisition sent to you and otherwise meet with Inquisitor Karator to see if we can finalize our designs here. We get anything updated, we'll send it your way on the road. That is all I have for you at this moment. <sighs> okay, well, as soon as you can get us that stuff, let us know, because I don't like waiting. I, if you wish to leave now, I can hand and don't require any other requisitions. I can get you the divining rods and be on your way, but the requisition in full will be at your lodgings within the hour. Great. I'll get right to it then. She moves away briefly, sort of hastily back towards the tent before stopping, turning around. Thank you. I'm not sure how often you're told that. But thank you. She wheels around beelines it back to the tent leaving the three of you alone on this quiet stretch of private coalition beach she's so serious I'm emotional I'm just angry I'm just angry I thought we had more time than if Vindictus is back already and we have no idea how to, to solve this problem other than how we solved it before. Hmm. 
being upset's not going to solve anything, though. I, uh, I strip down to my skivvy, <clears throat> and I go for a dip in the ocean. Yeah. You jump in. The water is mm, cold. Very, very cold. Uh, in that way that, you know, the Atlantic Ocean just doesn't like to get warm, ever. It's the same thing here. This um, the, the ocean is just, like, briny and bracing. Uh, so the wounds that are still open briefly flare and sting, but then dull, that pain becomes like a dull throb as the wounds sort of are interlaced with that sea salt. Um, and you, it's that kind of awakening chill as you dunk in there. Water is clear, crisp. <sighs> After a second, Tara lets out a deep sigh and says, you're right. And also does the same thing. <laughs> Strips down, gets in the water to cool off. Yeah, just to decompress. Again, <laughs> yeah. there's that shock, that sting, and then the body quickly adjusts to the water. Angelo. You doing anything particular in this moment? Angela's wondering why we're all getting naked and getting in the water. Angelo, are you afraid to get your wings wet? Are you too scared? Come on, fire guy. I think you need to cool off. Is it is it cold? Yes. <laughs> I'm also okay though. I can get out. Just wanted to take a dip. Pair of you in the water. What's your passive perception? Fourteen. Twenty. Twenty. Um, yeah, the pair of you can feel there is like a, a gentle hum, like a, a toneless vibration in the water. Um like a gentle buzz seemingly stemming from the citadel. It's magic. Hmm. But other than that, you know, it's just brisk seawater. Alright. Let's go put our clothes back on. No more cinnamon buns for a little bit. And let's, um... Uh... Go get our shit together to get back to work. Wait. We can take cinnamon, cinnamon buns with us. Ye olde traveling Cinnabon. They won't have to stop at the, the little, like, cinnamon roll shop, the stall, <laughs> the cart right outside the city. <laughs> Ye olde roadside mall. <laughs> um... It's that's where Ben the Baker has his other family working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's his, the 13th. His, his kid operates the like the uh, the travel station. What are they called? The little like gas station shitty <clears throat> things where you get your like Auntie Anne's and your McDonald's. Stop. Yeah, yeah. The ye oldie rest stop. <laughs> At every major railway station in, in the world states. Um, and everything is like at least ten gold more than it should be. Uh so, for the sake of expediency, 
you have about an hour until the uh, the requisitions are deposited at your apartment. Is there anything you particularly, any of you, each of you, separately as a group, want to do, get, or accomplish here in Calamphus before that hour is up? Because I'm getting the sense that you guys want to like get the requisitions and fucking go, or unless I'm missing that. Um, so anything particular that you're looking for during the hour? I would leave a note for Inez if mm. she does call okay. on the apartment. As leave it to... with Stanith, the doorman. I'd leave it with Stanith. Dear, dear Stanith. Um, and just tell her I hope to be back soon. This yeah. is where I'm going. Do you, does Stanith know about your, have you like chatted with Stanith? Tara got drunk one night and spilled the whole drama to yeah. Stanith. We we had a whole night on the town with yeah. Stanith. I definitely like you're like, okay, when are you off the clock, mate? Like we'll we'll pay you the extra hours. Just come out. Take a take a break. Um yeah, he, and he's definitely one of those like um like has one drink, the nose and ears gets red and he's very You're all good friends. You're good people. Doing well good for the city. Oh thank you kindly. Uh so you just had like you know a proper a proper chin wag with him and i think he, that i love that that he is just tacitly aware of the the personal details of the heroes <laughs> of the city <laughs> so yeah get like write this little note for which if you he has he has heard some harrowing stories from me oh yeah i think especially some of those like you know stories of ignis's life before adventuring with earth wind and fire fear uh the you know the the more troubling of those stories Stanith chooses to sort of go like oh well you could just be a good storyteller who's to say how much exact you know not to have Stanith believing that you're necessarily or were a cold-blooded murderer right Stanith chooses to take all that with a grain of salt um so yeah if you at any point write that note do send it to me Okay. Um, but otherwise, when you give Stanith a little piece of parchment, you go in on her. You leaving? Yes. Uh, yeah. Things escalated more quickly than we expected. Was that what I heard the rumble up the way? Yeah. Yeah, I'd stay away from the city walls until we're back, just oh. in case. Don't go that far west, uh, that far east anyway. Stick to the center of the city. Much more to do, much more to see, and nice and insulated, you know. I, I, well, uh, if your dear friend stops by, I'll make sure to pass along this message. I'll keep it, and he puts it inside the double-breasted jacket. He sort of unbuttons and slides it in a little inside pocket. Keep it near and dear. Thank you, Stanith. Of course, of course. Will you be gone long? I, there's no telling. We're following a trail and we don't know where it leads. Is that not always the way? I remember it well. But I'll leave that, uh, that adventuring to you young ones nowadays. I'll make sure to keep the boiler running and keep your apartment nice and warm. Nice and warm. And be safe, please. Don't do anything too hasty or rash. I'd like to see you back here promptly, please. 
Thank you. And I walk to the apartment. Is our stuff up there? Up the lift. Um, <laughs> in theory, yes. Is there anything else any, either of the other of you want to particularly do over the hour? It doesn't have to be, just in case. Okay. Nah. So, what it sounds like to me is you perhaps head back, um, you sort of scribble that note to Inez and hand it to Stanis, and then the three of you head back up into the apartment just to take a breather and wait for the stuff to be um, delivered. And it comes through in the the kitchen area, sort of off uh, past the like the the stove area, uh, off to the it's the L-shaped kitchen. It's sort of at the edge of the top part of the L in the corner of the room. In the ceiling, there is this probably like two foot by two foot pipe, this brass pipe which serves as like a mail tube. Um, and it's through there that this large canister comes down about an hour late or about 45 minutes later while you've been sort of resting in the apartment. Um, sealed again with copper bindings and the sigil of the mortal states, the collegium, collegium, the coalition right in the center. Um, uh, that again, it's just clearly the requisitions, right? As you crack the canister open, as I assume, you find the three divining beacons. Again, it's literally just a brass uh, divining rod with some enchantment and those gemstones on them. Um, you find a month's worth of field rations. Uh, three flares. Three small lanterns. And three coils of 50-foot rope. Great. Will you send me that list and I'll put it in our... Yes. You don't have to do it now. You can do it later yeah, if you want. Yeah, I just want to make sure that I don't misplace that necessarily. Um, okay. So, onwards and upwards? Yes. Okay. You guys head back, basically again, retracing the path from this morning. And by the time you are heading through the city again, up through the market and out to the front gates uh, and the exterior stables, the tone has shifted from that tension earlier, sort of back to normal. Whatever the guards have been doing to quell the, the rumors spreading has worked, and the the bustle of Calanthus is sort of back. Uh, the market is filled, the streets are fairly mobile and teeming with people moving back and forth. Uh, there's no trace of smoke in the air above the walls now. Um, though the one difference is the presence of coalition knights and guards throughout the city has doubled since this morning. There is just more, there are more armored figures walking around the city. Um, nothing menacing. Uh, there's just more of them out and about. And the, the people, again, showing you smiles, perhaps like running up to shake your hand every now and then. The guards, however, are giving you sort of solemn nods as you go. And by the time you reach the, the front gates, uh, the portcullis has been closed again. Uh, and from atop the walls, the guards sort of peer down 
Who goes? I have to ask. Don't give me that. It's the job. Are you go? Are you leaving? We go. We. That's all I wanted to know. Thank. Open the gates. Okay. Clink, 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 clink. You're good to go. Best of luck. Thanks. I swear, fame doesn't get you anything anymore. Yeah. We should get his name and badge number. (laughs) (laughs) What jurisdiction are you, mate? Um, Yeah, by the time you, when you head out this gate uh, to the stables immediately to the, the right, sort of inset into the wall on the outside, your three horses are already prepared, ready, saddled up. Um, ready to go. The stable master, uh, Ariana, she is sort of sitting there on one of the, 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 the hitches, sort of waiting for you. Do we have names for your horses yet? You don't have to come up with them now, but if you've thought about your horses, they are freely customizable, Ooh. as far as I'm concerned. Chad, if you have names for name ideas, let us know. <laughs> Before I'd you love so, to just let chat decide that. Please. In fact, okay. Hell, in fact, Great chat for those of you there. Uh, I don't know if this is a great idea. Yeah, it's it's happened. Either. It's 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 literally happened. Mm-hmm. Chat, there are three horses. Uh, they're up to you to customize. There's one for uh, each party member. They've been with these these folks for the better part of a year now. So let's have that happen as it happens. Uh, but Ariana's standing there. We off then. Good. Giving you supplies for some feed uh, in each of the horses' packs. Don't know how long you'll be gone. Um, yeah, nothing more to say, really. Be well, be safe. Hope to see you back. Uh, thanks for dealing with that earlier. It was right a bit scary out here. Mm-hmm. Well, stay safe. I shall. It's not me that has to worry about going against some bloody robot, do I? You do if it comes back when we're gone. If, if we die. So. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm hoping doesn't happen. So we're going to say that it's not going to happen. Right? Sure. Besides, I want to, I want to, I'd like to keep taking care of your fine horses here. Mm-hmm. So let's say you'll bring them back. Yeah. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds like a plan. Well, even if I die, I hope my horse comes back. I'll send it back. You haven't trained the horses well enough to come back here? I hope they would. But that's that's all on you guys, isn't it? I don't know. I feel uh, like yeah. that's a that's a you thing. That's a, I'm not the one get on the horses. Get out of here. They're your I'm horses. Not take... You're the They're not my horses. They're your horses. You brought them to me. And why do you want them to come back? Because I'd like the horses to not be caught up. Uh, it's, I'm not going to go into this. I'm not going to explain why I cherish these animals and work with these animals daily, am I? I've got better things to do. You've got better things to so, do. So, so you saying that, it makes it feel like that you consider these yours, your horses as well. I consider every horse I work with my horse. That's the point. So therefore, you would want them to come back. I do want I didn't say that I didn't. So I'm just saying that I haven't taken him out far enough to give him that training. You're the ones that have been riding Kingdom Come. You oh, brought them here. So I would hope that they would consider this your home because you consider... 
So I hear you just decided that you didn't want to take them out far enough to train them. It's... Your three horses are lovely horses, but they are not the only horses that I have to take care of. If I took every horse out far enough to take back here on their own, we'd never be working with the stable master again because I'd be spending most of my time in the bloody woods. Is that not a safe assessment? I'm just giving you a hard time. It was fun. Right, right. Well, <laughs> great. <laughs> I hope you come back safe and sound. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love the seriousness in your tone there. Pulling my leg. Pulling my leg. Get on the bloody horses. Get out of it. As we ride away, Shoot. I'm I as we ride away, I stay under my breath. I might just kill these horses. Just cause. Um also <laughs> I asked the other two what was that guy's What's name that again? Guy? The horses person you were just talking to? The stable master. Horses what was his name? Ass. Ariana. Oh. Ariola. Yeah, that's um, exactly. Our horse's name, according to chat, Drew, <laughs> Precious, and Ophelia. I'm going to take Drew. Okay. Yeah, I take Ophelia. Fair. I'll take Precious. Great. So, Thank you, chat. Is Precious's full name Precious based on the novel Push by Sapphire? Yes, it is now. <laughs> great. Great, great. That great, is great. canon. Okay. <laughs> Onward, uh, precious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so as you mount uh, Drew, Precious, and Athena, you ride. Yeah, it's a great sentence to say. Um, uh, I assume, so each of you have taken a, a divining beacon. Uh, are you using it now, or are you just riding in the general direction that you saw earlier? My guess is ride in the general direction a little bit and then take it out. Kind of see, kind of like a compass, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Let's even just like ride until like we're ready to camp for the night. I'm gonna take my it's horse. It's not gonna be that close to the old town road. I'm gonna ride until I can't. No more. I. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't even know what you said. <laughs> right. Great. Uh, Lil Nas X, friend of the show. Um, okay, so you basically just ride uh, on the road, I would imagine, the road that leads sort of straight eastward out from the main gate of Calampus up the little hillside and to the plains. Uh, and you can see a bunch of knights out and about. Because as this eastward road connects to one of the main thoroughfares uh, across the sort of spine of the mortal states, if you will, uh, the, the, the sort of the vertical road that stretches across it. Um, there are a lot of knights posted along there at various intervals, uh, almost doing some scouting. It looks like a couple of them have set up some small camps here and there. Um, not out in full force, but just out... Uh, well, it's like a forward party, right? Probably a dozen or so of them stretched along um, about every half mile or so, a grouping of them um, gauging. They will send like a, a hail your way as you pass them, um, but none of them are clearly stopping you. You're, you're known uh, fairly well. And if the three of you are out riding at the speed with which you're riding, they're not going to be interrupted. 
really, especially after the events. But you can see that there's clear attention being paid to this. Now, as you head out, firstly, the initial beacon that you saw on the shores was venturing northeastwards, generally. Is your plan to go along the road northwards until you get to a certain point and then veer off-road, or just head straight off-roading northeastwards immediately? And that will influence my next question for you. Take the road as far north as we can until we realize, like, if we go any farther on the road, we will be going in the wrong direction. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, that is going to be... How far, How hard are you pushing these horses, first of all? Till they can't no more. <laughs> I don't even know why I asked. Really? I need um, to be drinking something stronger. <laughs> Till they can't no more. Yeah, I mean, great. Fucking great. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I'll say you can push them at fairly, like, top speeds for an hour or so, and this will take you past the boundaries of um, the past the boundaries of the state of Calatine, the state that you're in now, into the minor state of Keitel, uh, which is home mostly to the, 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 the big deal in Keitel is the military fort that operates out of there called uh, Fort Azur. That's like where a lot of uh, Calanthus's military operate, all the coalition military forces uh, will train and, and, and congregate. And you'll basically pass by the fort before veering off-road at that point. So that's sort of, I'll take a couple hours, um, sort of to dusk time. Okay. Great. Uh, um, at dusk, we'd probably stop and set up camp. Okay. And okay. So perhaps camping... Sort of outside the fort. Mm -hmm. Really, in the auspices of the walls there. Or the barricades. Unless yeah, you think you'd go into the fort. We're too good for them. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I thought. So <laughs> you're the elite troops. You're not the fucking grunts, right? Um, nothing against the coalition military, but still. This is a strike force. Really. No, I'm okay with defending them. Um, okay. So, as you're heading up the road... Uh, two things. First of all, your sort of awareness is often interrupted by the fact that every... Uh, it probably only happened once in the trek, about every hour or so, the thundering or thunderous clamour of the Coalition Railway is going to rocket past you as the massively elevated, almost aqueduct-style tracks, these bronze-copper tracks, crackling with lightning magic along the side of the rails as it passes, is almost directly to the east of the road. So you're on the road as this railway is set up, elevated right next to you, and probably um, it'll be a few miles shy southwards of, of uh, Fort Azor. That first train will rocket past you as it leaves the fort uh, and heads further south along its pathway. But you're in the shadow of the rail the whole way through. Um, secondly, I would have you roll me a perception check, all three of you. Uh, 
21. Natural 20. For a grand total of 30. <laughs> okay. We did well today. I, uh, I count every head on the train. <laughs> no, no. What I will say for you is you notice it fairly early, and this might change your your tactic. But it's not too long after you leave the Eastwood Road and head to the main thoroughfare that you spot, and it'll be you spotting them first, Ignis, though they become fairly quickly visible to all of you, tracks in the ground. And they are not like animal tracks. These are sizable demar or like depressors in the ground with scorch marks around each one. And they seem to have track from the field that you're riding through across and into the sort of the tree line uh, at the edge of the fields um, that sort of border the eastern part of the state of Calatine. Do you guys think should we follow that or? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So instead of tracking up to the fort, you're going to follow the tracks instead? Yeah. Okay. You keep your eyes honed on these uh, scorched imprints in the earth. With that nat 20, the further you go, the clearer it becomes that these are in the shapes, the sort of almost pointed oval shapes uh, that are quite reminiscent of the armored feet of the construct that you fought earlier in the day. Taking the similarly wide strides that would befit a, a towering um, construct such as it was. And you follow them further into these woods. Uh, again, the horses have to move a lot slower given the density of these trees and the fact that there just isn't really an easy path here. Um, still can move at like a canter, but not, uh, not at any great speeds without potentially running risk of injury to you or the horses themselves. But you follow them a fair way through, probably about an hour or so into the woods. Uh, no one, no knights going this far. They seem to have maybe see, been examining a few of them that were closer to the city, these tracks, uh, but they haven't tracked them all the way in because, again, that's venturing quite far for, for organized military forces. So it's takes some, some time trotting through this very, very quiet forest. The only noise really being the sound of the, the leaves and branches under the horse's hooves sort of crackling and breaking, along with maybe a little bird song. But the further you go, the quieter and quieter and quieter it gets. Until as dusk begins to fall, the tracks have started thinning out a little bit. They're still present, but the strides are almost way bigger. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, 
And with, again, this high perception roll, as things get almost dead silent in the dusk-lit woods, part of the grass in front of you, the underbrush, gleams a little. Glints in the fading light in a way that even wet grass wouldn't do. What do you want to do? Tara's going to kneel down and put her hands in the grass and see if she can suss anything out by touch. Sure. Tara, I don't think that's a great idea. That's our earth so of earth, wind, and fire. Our sibling relationship right there. <laughs> Just, I'm going to touch it. Don't. <laughs> so you you sling down off of uh, off of Precious there. And as you're getting down into the grass, literally, Ignis, you say out loud, I don't think that's a good idea. And you're already, like, hands deep. Um, grass feels very, very dry for how fresh it looks. Feels almost um, like turf. And the earth is very, like, hard and prickly, especially the bits that glint a little bit. So weird. Feels like it's maybe dying. I'm not sure. Or it hasn't rained here in a while, but it looks like it has. Let's keep going. Okay. I'm just gonna, instead of getting back on Precious, <laughs> I'm going to take Precious by the reins and kind of walk alongside in between Ignis and Angelo. Okay. The pair of you are staying on your horses? Sort of following along? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, as you move, Tara, would you roll me an investigation check? Absolutely. Man, this die doesn't like me. Eleven. I don't like you either. Eleven. Yeah, it's fairly not, especially as you're walking on it. The grass doesn't make the sound that you think it would as you step on it. It's there's sort of like a hollow noise underfoot. Go Those of you on the grass. horses, you're it's... drunk. <laughs> uh, pair of you on the horses again. It's sort of harder to hear, but for you, actually stepping on the grass doesn't feel right and doesn't sound right. <clears throat> At this point, the tracks have gone. I'm gonna like stomp harder on the ground. Yeah, you get like a proper like whack, just like thump, thump. Uh huh. Yeah, it like almost clangs a little bit, like an out of tune bell. Can I take out my rod of divination and use it? Yeah, absolutely. You. Again, it's it's not like anything crazy. Uh, just roll me an, a basic intelligence check. Not anything difficult. Hannah rolled a four plus four, so an eight. Eight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, again, you've never used these before. Uh, you take the thing, you sort of mimic Fora's movement of it. 
and the gemstones flicker a little bit on the divining rods, and you feel a little bit of a vibration in the uh, in the uh, the rod itself. Some of those almost firefly lights appearing in your scar tissue, but as you flick it up to sort of create that beacon, it it sort of wisps away. Doesn't quite the magic doesn't take hold. What do you think, Egg? I'm not sure. It's it's uh, kind of gross here. Angelo, did you hear that sound? The metal sound? I stomp again. I jump up and then like try to land hard. You do it like a like a Mario Grand Pound. Yep. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> You you like jump, stomp, land, and it really this time all of you can hear it echo beneath you somewhere. There is a metallic hollow echo. So I I did hear it the first time, but thank you. <laughs> the quiet sass, <laughs> unbearable. Um. I don't think this is grass. I think it's fake. <laughs> me thinks. That much we... of my intelligent role tells me that. Do we think that something's underneath it? Can I do an arcana check on the... On, just on the grass, grass, on the ground? Yeah. yeah, please. Sort of reach out with your feet out with your feelings, Luke. That is a natural one. <laughs> Seems like grass Doesn't to me. Doesn't look like anything to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sounds funky. Um, honestly, your magical senses feel dampened in this area. Mm. I do not feel the force flowing through me. <laughs> Um, I'm going to look around like for, I don't know, I'm like a, a lever or a, like a rock that looks weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, we've like been a in our case. fair share of dungeons yeah. by are now. There any, are there any bookcases? Yeah. Yep, yep. Or, you know, the, the rocks that are completely discolored. Or in old school animation where everything is one backdrop, but that one branch is like particularly yeah, bold. Out I'm like, yeah. I wonder which one's gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you all sort of like taking it, taking a peek, taking a look? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we search, search the woods. Everybody, roll me. Investigation. <laughs> Ooh, that was pretty good. That was Thank great. <laughs> oh man. Oh, a natural twenty! Wow, it balanced the skills. <laughs> Perfectly balanced. I got a ten. Tengo nueve. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So, Terra, I think you're mostly focused on the again sort of sussing out the grass like particularly 
is there's like some part like a winch a piece of grass that's like actually a lever somewhere um and the more you feel through the the like faker it feels the stiffer the grass gets the, the almost immutable mm -hmm. it i said it and i wanted to i immediately regretted it i immediately regretted mm -hmm. it um yeah it just almost becomes completely static and almost uh 100 uh, artificial feeling um but nothing that sticks out necessarily uh for you, Ignis, well, you said you got a, a, a nine? Yeah. I'm um, just kind of stabbing the ground. Yeah, just like... Uh, with uh, what Are you stabbing it with your hands, with, a, with your knife? With my uh, short sword. Yeah, it clinks against the ground everywhere. It doesn't seep into the earth at any point. It just, like, clanks against something under there. Angelo. With your natural 20, and again, with having sort of feeling fuzzy as far as your sort of magical senses are concerned, you start looking around, see if there's any like active, like, you know, anti magic field, a dampener, any kind of particular thing uh, or contraption. And while you don't find any of that, it's in a one of the trees nearby that something draws your eye near the base of the roots. Something, again, just initially catches your eye as a glint of the light, which again is considerably fading now. It's, 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 the dusk is wending into twilight. Uh, but something catches your eye, that glint, and as you look to it, it's not just, again, this sort of almost mirage-like uh, glinting that keeps happening while looking at the ground. There's something specific and metallic embedded, just nestled in the roots of this tree. And as you bend down to it, you find, literally almost fused with the wood of this tree, is something that looks like a small metallic skull. Slender in form, no real, like, necessarily, like, no real humanoid features, just the, the mimicries of one in a human skull, much like it's very evocative of some of the constructs you've thought. But the bigger deal about this one is in this thing's skull-like eye sockets are two pinprick beads of green light. And with that nat 20, as you see, sort of look at this one, pick your head up and look around. If you focus your eyes, somewhere amidst every tree in the nearby area, you can spot more of these green light pinbricks. As I, you step away from this one, you watch these pinbricks of green light track you. And that's where we'll take our break. Take a 15. Uh, let's mm -hmm. come back here in 15 minutes or roundabouts. Uh, 820. Easy. See you shortly. Get a snack, get a drink. Uh, I'm going to go sneeze my brains out. And we'll be back shortly. I'll join you. Brilliant. All right. Be right back. If you have any questions, ask away. Please. So first, my first question is... All right.
Jenny, I've got your number. I've got your I've number. I've got to make you mine. <laughs> Jenny, don't change your number. Uh, we are live. <laughs> great, great, perfect. Just out there. Uh, hope everyone's snacked up, stocked up, rehydrated, ready to rock. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> I'm dying. Uh, we are back in a dense part of the woods that verge upon the Calatine state. Uh, having followed earth, wind, and fire here, tracking these scorch marks in the ground deep into the woods, into the underbrush, where they found a pocket of grass that resounds with a hollow metallic sound. It doesn't feel right. And Angelo has just spotted a strange, almost metallic construct skull at the base of one of the trees with green sort of eyelights that track him and spotting these eyelights in, embedded in a number of the surrounding trees. So, Angelo, what are you doing, having just seen this? Well, first I'm going to let these two know. <clears throat> Ignis, Terra, come look at this. These uh, skulls are... Weird-looking skulls are watching us. Tracking our movement. You see the green lights coming from their eyes. And then I think... I want to try and see if I can move one of them. Okay. Like Just the same up. one you were looking at before? Yeah. One of them. Um... Yeah, you, first of all, having let the other pair know, uh, Ignis and Terra, you can see them now. If you sort of squint, it takes a little squinting to notice them, but it's like embedded in the bark or up in the canopy or down in the roots in some cases. It's all in the trees uh, and just sort of around the nearby area. These sort of, all these pairs of the green lights inset into otherwise fairly identical or at least very similar looking uh, metallic faux skulls. Angela, this one that you try and move and pick up, it it's, seems to be stuck in uh, around the edges of the skull. You can see like either welding or some kind of merging between the bark of the tree and the metal of the skull itself. But as you touch it, you feel like there's yeah, it's vibrating a little bit. There's a, there's a hum or a whir inside it that you can feel probably when you touch it. Doesn't seem to respond to your touch, at least visibly. I have an idea that's a little out of the box. Let's hear it. I'm going to talk to the plant. Okay. Using um, my once a day uh, for primeval awareness, I'm going to cast... Speak with plants? Speak with plants, yeah. So in a in a thirty foot radius around me, all yeah. of the plants can talk to me. So let me just pull up the spell exactly. One second. Uh, I can read it to you if you'd like. I've got it here. We're okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So you let this aura sort of wreathe out from around you and intermingle with the plants. 
But I say that, as the spell wends its way through, in a 30-foot radius from where you're standing... 30-foot radius. Yeah. Uh, you don't feel any plant life. I don't like that. It doesn't latch on to... There's, there's nothing the spell can grant limited sentience to. It just sort of, like, wisps out and away. It's a question. Is this all artificial seeming? You don't know that? Is there a way I can find out? <laughs> I mean, you can try, like, any number of things. To the grass, to the trees, to the dirt. Anything that you would usually do to or with plants. Okay, well, I, I will try this then. I'm going to cast <clears throat> Mold Earth and try to get under under the, the, the dirt. Yeah, okay. Just like in a, that little cube it's sort of at your feet, basically. Yeah. You touch the ground and you're able to sort of pull away some of the soil but it's a really thin layer. And as you move it and congeal it into the sort of the palms of your hands where you would shape it, it just unveils a pocket of, of, of ground. And that thin layer of soil is covering a, like a bare, smooth, matte silver surface with a bunch of little insert pockmarks that look like hair follicles into which these grass sprouts are sticking out of. And the small patch of silver surface that you reveal maybe has a couple <coughs> ridge lines or hinge marks or, or joint marking, demarcations, uh, but you've only revealed a small plot of it. <coughs> uh, I want to try and I mean, by hand this time, I don't need to use a spell. It's just dirt. Just try and, like, move more of it away yeah. in that area. Yeah. The more <laughs> you scrape away, the more it uncovers this silvery, non-reflective surface that's underneath everything. It doesn't seem to be marked in any kind of way from what you're unveiling, other than the presence of these little implanted shoots. Uh... It's just this inorganic surface where the ground should be. You think someone's watching through the skull? It feels like it. I turn to a skull. Whichever one's nearest me. Yeah, just one like embedded in a tree trunk. Hello. Uh... Open, open up. We, we, uh, I can't say that we mean you no harm, but we'll be a lot less upset if we have to stick around for a couple hours in the woods to try to find the entrance instead of you just helping us out. Uh, so maybe we'll be more forgiving if you let us in. 
and uh, tell us what's what's up. It doesn't even over be and out. It just seems to continue to watch you. If that's even what it's doing, there is Angela? no noticeable change. Angelo, do you have anything that could break this metal thing? I don't have any magics that could help. Uh, give me a moment to flip through my book. <laughs> I can do something, but I don't know if it's a great idea. Any idea is a great idea. I can pass through it. If it's like a small enough surface, but I don't know what'll be on the other side and how far of a drop that might be. Yeah, is, this, is this something we're opposed to? I, I also don't, if I, if I get down there and there's, huh, you see my dilemma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll do it. I, and maybe I can figure out how to open a door once I'm there. I, I mean, guess. it's not a bad, if, if Angelo doesn't have a spell, I think we go with that. I feel like there is a spell somewhere in this, in this book that can put a door somewhere. But give me a second, because I can't find it. Ignis is not patient. I mean... Ah, yes, here it is. Uh, but it's gotta be a wood, plaster, or stone surface. So, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> you get nothing! Good! Day, sir. Good day, sir. <laughs> um, oh. other than us beating this with our swords, I could disintegrate some of this. Go for it. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. Um. I'm gonna take a couple steps back with my horse. Ten feet. I'm actually. Oh wait, I can. I'm gonna go tie precious <laughs> to a tree that's not where the grass is fake. Yeah, I suggest. I suggest you guys stand back. Okay. So is that what we're trying first? <laughs> yeah. You're just like stancing up in, like in the middle of the the fake field and just going for it. Yes, sir. I will, okay. I will, no, no, actually, uh, yeah. So, describe to me, A, what you're aiming at, and B, how you manifest your disintegrate spell. Yeah, okay, so I'm aiming at, I'd say maybe about five feet in front of me, okay. um, and then the disintegration uh, manifestation a finger gun <laughs> yeah I, he's going for it the and oh. just like shooting shooting the disintegration ray through his 
to his finger. Like, uh, yep. like Yu Yu Hakusho? Yu Yu Hakusho, exactly. There we go. Um, yeah, just like taking aim that sort of mote of magical energy, charging, almost setting your finger ablaze with energy before that ray fires out, seeking straight towards your target, which I imagine is a plot of that exposed metal, yeah. right? It smacks into the object, and initially there's some kind of a resistance, clearly from some sort of a magical field, but that magical field fries away into crackling fragments of energy as the beam makes contact with the metal surface itself, which fractures and almost shatters like... If we watched Yu-Gi-Oh! as a kid, <laughs> you know when a monster's destroyed and they break into triangles? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like that. Right, the thing, yeah. the magic first seeps into the metal, which causes it to sort of irradiate with this, this almost vein network of magical energy before it fragments into these shards before completely disintegrating. As you basically vaporize a ten-foot portion of this sizable surface, this irregular. Sphero or cube irregular cubic plot that you've blasted in the earth here, disintegrating some of the fake grass and the soil as well, has opened up into a dark pit of some kind. With some of the twilight, last shreds of light peering through the canopy here, you can see there's about a 15-foot drop to some sort of a... Uh, um, cylindrical surface underground it looks to be made of some similar kind of metallic material as the exterior was as well onward downward i go first but i uh i i pop a unless somebody can angelo can you light up the room I can. I can't see shit. Um, Blind as shit. I I just pick up. You've still got your sunglasses on. <laughs> oh, I yeah. pick it right. <laughs> Is there like a piece of the blown apart ground nearby? Like a fragment uh, or anything? Yeah, I'm sure. Like a, a a sort of chunk of the of the earth. Yeah, you blew away. I just want to take that outcast a light cantrip on it. <laughs> Glowing loam. Yeah. Thank you. Shining I, dirt. I, I take it and I hold it. It's literally a clod of earth. It's glowing yes. like a lamp. A bit of earth. Uh, was that a secret? And I, I, yes, it was. Choice. Choice. Uh, okay. I, I, I uh, jumped down. Yeah. You jump down with this glowing loam, and again with your, your monk fall nonsense, you just sort of like drift down and land. Uh, and as you land in the tunnel, there's a sort of a little whine before a, a sort of uh, there's a flicker, and then a, a bunch of these glowstones about 10 feet apart from each other down this tunnel, as it appears, begin to flicker on with a dim green glow as these glowstones are all encaged in some kind of little metal lattice on either side of this cylindrical almost off-white metallic tunnel that peers down the way 
very dimly and flickeringly lit by these these um, glowstones. It is uh, fairly barren, stale smelling. Behind you, there is uh, just about a foot or two behind you, there is a ladder on a flat wall made of the same substance that leads up to the top part of this tunnel where here, by the ladder, there is a flattened ceiling as opposed to a cylindrical ceiling where the rest of the tunnel goes. And at the base of the ladder is a large uh, lever. The only other thing of note, down the tunnel, pacing towards you, are singed track prints on the metal. Almost like ashen remains of these very similar footprints. Everything's fine. Come down. Tara looks at Angelo. Because Tara has no ability to fly or fall gracefully. I got you. you. No, I got her. I'm, I'm letting the wings out. Scooping up Tara. And we're flying down. Do I'm flying down 15 feet. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. We're dramatic here. Of course. <laughs> Angelo is nothing if not dramatic. <laughs> exactly. A yeah, showman. From the, the like the <laughs> column of fading twilight, the angel descends. <laughs> right. It's like a panel from a Christian movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Um So in needless dramatic fashion you like d- descend the pair of you before landing gracefully at the bottom of this dimly lit metal tunnel. Uh, I will say as you go, as you dip below the surface of the ground, the last thing the pair of you notice is the eye lights in the trees flicker off. As you land. So now the three of you are in this constructed passageway. It veers down straight ahead of you and then lilts slightly downwards. Carefully, I'm gonna cast mage armor on myself and then <laughs> invisibility. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, okay. You like, okay, just shield up. Um, how does the mage armor manifest for you? That sort of like cosmic shroud. Yeah, uh, it's like it almost looks like Ishtava's shroud. Yeah, yeah. But it's well, kind of like it's it's a little translucent, and it kind of like floats in this like imaginary like watery wind kind of thing around. Yeah, me. yeah. Sort of flickering, though it's is the initial cape. It almost wends around you in bits and pieces as it moves. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And then almost as if you're using that mage armored cape to cloak yourself as you fade into invisibility. Mage armor isn't concentration, right? You can just pop it and it lasts for an hour. Yep. That's why it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. What's our marching order here? I'm going to go after Ignis, at least. I can leave. You... I can see in the dark. It's not that dark. Yeah, I mean, though. it's not that dark, but I st- just in case it does get darker. or. Sure. I, I but uh, I put Tara in in between us 
because I'd, I'd rather be the end, the bookend. Sure. In case anything comes up from the rear. It's always a, a tragedy to be taken from behind. Mm. Mm. Um, Unless it's consensual. Yeah, I mean. At which point, double win for everyone. Yeah. Um, so, the three of you progress down this tunnel. It's very, very quiet, other than the sort of dim, uh, like dying light bulb whir from these glowstones uh, and the clank of your footsteps on the on the metal surface. About a hundred feet of tunnel moving forward and then gradually sloping downwards um, on a gentle decline uh, as the lights get sort of gradually <clears throat> dimmer and dimmer until the tunnel sort of branches out into a three-way fork. You get the sense that you're fairly deep below ground now by the time you get here. Um, that droning whir of the lights uh, almost being eaten by the depth. Uh, these three passageways are all slightly distinct from one another. Um, the passageway that leads and veers off to the left, uh, the metal looks a little uh, a little rusted. It's not quite like fully rusted yet, but there's a, just a little bit of disuse and um, unkempt nature to that metal to the left. Uh, to the right, instead of going as the left one goes and then does another turn again. This one just goes straight to the right. Uh, and it seems to get a bit darker down that way. And straight ahead of you, uh, it veers clearly slightly further down again, but there is a brighter green light coming from that way. And I will say that the footprints track from the center pathway. That was my question. I, you don't even need to roll perception for that. I mean, they're, they're pretty obvious. I think we should go down the center pathway. All right, gang, let's split up and search for clues. <laughs> okay. We go down the center pathway. Like okay. noise, man. I think it came from this way. Um, like Scoob, like don't split the party. Before, I mean, before we go down the center pathway, I, I'm going to cast Arcane Eye. And I'm going to send it down another path. Uh, you're going to send it down just the, like the mote of light down the center path? The eye. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, what's the actual name of that spell slash ability? Arcane Eye. I always forget the specifications of this kind of wizardy nonsense. Um, okay. Um, got it. Okay. So, how does your... Oh, no, it's invisible. Never mind. Um... You conjure up this mote of magic and cast it ahead of you, almost warging into it. It peters down this corridor and further, sort of literally down into the earth. Uh, I assume you're going to push it until you can glean where this thing leads. Yeah. Uh, 
the eye can see as it goes it can see this corridor opens into a, like an, an arched doorway into what is clearly some sort of circular uh, lab there is a like a green glowing cylinder in the center and a bunch of like plates it seems on the ground some consoles here and there but as the eye passes through the gateway it there's like a, a brief flickering of vision and then you snap back into your head and you can feel that that magic has been fractured and dispelled. Okay. So, I'd say to Ignis and Terra, there's seemingly a lab at the end of this passageway, but once my magic reached, it was dissipated. So it has some kind of anti-magic situation there as well. Let's go down the centered hallway. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, okay. You guys go down the center pathway, following the same path that the eye took, just this fairly short decline uh, towards this room where this green light is coming from. You can see down the end of the corridor that arched doorway. Um, I thought he had sent it down a different one. Oh, sorry. I misunderstood. It was okay. I misunderstood. I totally misheard you there. Which path... Well, I've given you that information. Which pathway did you say you sent it down? Well, I was just going to say one of the other ones. It, it, I was going to say the one to the right, but... The one... Yeah, uh, yeah. sorry. It was It that... was fine. I was like, it's fine if we can... No, 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 no. I... Well, since I screwed up there, uh, why don't we say it did a little reconnaissance on at least the right, if not the right, left, and center, right? I feel like you, if you have the ability. Um, so the right corridor is long considerably long uh considerably <laughs> considerably long um uh just sort of like a winding passageway uh until it ends up in a uh at the sort of door an actual like steel door uh with a handle and everything that uh, has a grated window in the top of it. As the eye peers, I imagine, through the window, mm -hmm. yeah, it is opens up into this like fairly tall, wide, uh, white room with some kind of like white glowstone in the top of it, covered in uh, padding that has been is in considerable disrepair and states of damage. Ew. Cool. Otherwise, there doesn't seem to be anything actively in the room. And the left? Down you down the left? Mm-hmm. The left peers off, then sort of goes down that another straight-laced hallway, but it's a fairly steep decline. Um, almost like it's a, a set of stairs. Um fairly shallow steps that lead down, 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 until it ends up in this very, very, uh, or in fact, the only reason that I can see in it at all is because it has dark vision. It's this rectangular chamber. Um, almost reminiscent of a, of a tomb of sorts, save for the fact that instead of there being like one sarcophagus or an altar or something in there, uh, there is a 
pedestal in the center. Some kind of uh, dull or, or unlit crystal in the center of the pedestal, like linked with some tubes and some wires that tether back into the pedestal itself. And lining the room are very, very bleak, austere, metal, rectangular sarcophagi, open. Standing in each of them is a construct. It's a very familiar looking construct, though different, slightly different. Uh, they look very, very similar in at least nature to the way Vindictus was constructed. This like almost augmented, uh, uh, accentuated skeletal structure, but where Vindictus was like sharp and refined and angular and tall, these are fairly narrow and simplified. But again, it's these like metallic faux skeletons, just at least as far as the eye can scan, 15 of them, 15 individual sarcophagi filled. Hmm. I'm assuming Angelo tells us all Absolutely. of this. Absolutely. I okay. think I tell cool. you as I see it, like uh, okay. relaying what I see. And then we can assume that you send it down the middle one and you see the same things and it passes through that veil which mm -hmm. dissipates the ice. Yeah. Let's go oh. down the center hall. <laughs> <laughs> the laugh will do it to you. <laughs> yeah the, the lap will get you <laughs> yeah um okay so picking up where we left off before my egregious blunder <coughs> yeah there's that that's cute that was cute um i already finished uh so like narrow or well, not narrow um this sort of slim descent down towards this hallway with the archway here revealing that circular lab the, uh, with that green, that tall green cylinder in the center of the room emanating some kind of light uh, you can't see too much from outside the archway are we heading in? yeah I'll walk through first okay you walk through, I imagine all three of you walk through in fairly short order as you pass into the room, you can feel a, almost like a, a barometric, yeah, that's the right word, barometric like change in pressure briefly. As you pass, you almost feel like you're hitting something physical, like a, a wall of humidity before you step actually into the lab, and that humidity passes away to a very cool, um, almost vacuum-like space. The air is very thin in this lab. It's actually quite hard to breathe. Uh, and as you all step in, some of the consoles sort of flicker and glow to life around the room. Really uh, quickly, uh, I, sorry. Uh, Hannah, Kyle, and Will, all three of you have inspiration from the chat. <gasps> Hole? Oh, okay. Uh, let me see. I can see Ignis. You uh, got uh, inspiration on intimidation, question mark? NYC four twenty sixty nine. I will take that inspiration, uh, that that uh, sickness inspiration. I will take that and bank it. And where's Hannah's? I can't see it. It's farther. It was up. way it was early. earlier. Oh, I just there was something going on. I couldn't. I didn't want it. I didn't have a chance to interrupt. Um, well, the spirit of adventure takes us all. 
uh, and we can hold on to those inspiration and use them as you will. Um, these consoles, what I mean by that, they are basically around the circumference, the inside circumference of a room are just various slanted tables that sort of come out of the wall uh, and they're filled with I don't want to call them buttons exactly it's like a runic dashboard it's hard to tell what the um, they're used for because again it's, it all looks fairly encoded um, as any of the stuff that you've been dealing with the futurists have been for the most part uh, and they're all different in, I think in total there are five separate consoles around the circumference of the room with one main one right in the front, separate from all the rest, in front of this glowing, shifting green cylinder with four disc-like plates on the ground in front of it. So you've got the center console, the plates, the cylinder, and the five surrounding consoles. In any of the places that we've been, especially this one, yeah. is it is there a is there a general sense of lived in or abandoned? Uh, in any of, are you asking specifically about this one or in general any of them? I, I mean, I guess specifically here because this is what I'm thinking about yeah. the most. But even if I'm thinking like back, uh, this is like a nice median between the two it feels both uh unattended but also used these ashen footprints are clearly fresh from the like the past day or so because they're still here and they lead they lead to the second of the four plates if you're looking from left to right and then stop and then they don't exist Angelo, as you are standing in this room, your implanted hive is like actively prickling at the base of your neck. You can feel it almost resonating. Uh, I'll focus in on it and then see where the connection is coming from. Sure. As you sort of allow that sort of telekinetic energy to sort of seep from that implant throughout your body before, you know, it would actually reach your fingertips and allow you to move things, there's, you just allow that resonance to, to sort of embrace throughout you and it changes your perception of the runes. And almost again, as I've described to you before, it's like that the, the tracing pathway thing. You can see the pathways of the runes on these tables in that these consoles are not to be pressed, but the runes themselves are to be shifted. Almost like those puzzles that are made up of a bunch of little squares that you have to move around to create the image that's been muddled up. Mm -hmm. That's what they're for. And in visualizing these pathways through that telekinetic focus, you can tell at least the central console is the one that makes the most sense. And it seems to vaguely translate to accessing each of these plates. 
and the way the runes at least emotively translate in your head, apparently these relate to something called brazier, chamber, ch brazier chambers. And that's as much as, at least on the outset, your the hive focus can can glean for you here. I relay this to Ignis and Terra. And I want to investigate the center console further. Okay. Just like basically in terms of um uh it's it's mechanic function, it's uh it's magical workings. What are you what are you specifically looking for? How to do the puzzle <laughs> basic like how to yeah. make it work. Uh I will have you roll me I think an intelligence check. Okay. Good. We like those. Mm, good. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> While Angela's investigating, Tara and Ignis, what are you up to? I am just waiting patiently. Okay. I feel like we've been around this shit before, and I'm not going to mess with anything until we know for sure what's going to happen. Okay. Ignis. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm just, I'm, <clears throat> uh, definitely, like, ready to, uh, defend anything that jumps out at us, you know? Yeah. Like, if, if we start triggering something or if somebody sneaks, like, I'm, I'm just trying to be vigilant. Sure. I mean, you can roll me up a second check if you like. Sure. I feel okay. like Angelo is the... The brains a lot of the time because he's a nerd <laughs> as far as your 21 investigation check or our oh, intelligence check has come through you can tell again just using that interface you would be able to essentially shift the runes around so that the excess runes are on the outside of the console and the right sequence or equation of runes is in the center to try and access brazier chamber one through four or a through d and in theory, this would allow one of the four plates here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, to be activated, be turned on, be do something with these plates. Twenty-five for perception. Say that again. Twenty-five for perception. If you're being vigilant, somewhere out back through the door you've come from, you can hear like an echoing, distant clanking. Fairly irregular. Um, 
but definitely continuing and definitely new. I'm gonna, what are we doing? I'm going to do the puzzle. I'm going to move the, the runes around. Do I use the telekinesis through the, the thing? or? Correct. Okay. All right. Dope. Correct. Because if you've been studying it and you've been touching the, the runes themselves, it doesn't even respond to physical contact. Yeah. They don't budge. They don't turn on or activate. But as soon as you allow that telekinesis to manifest, again, prickling, allowing that almost uh, um, microchip-like latticework of lines, magical lines, wend through your arm, the runes that you're targeting begin to glow subtly with sort of matrix-like uh, light and energy as you shift them around. Which uh, razor chamber is trying to activate? There's, you said one through four? Yep. I ask uh, Ignis and Terra, uh, pick a number one through four. Three. Three. Alright, so number three. Number three, you sort of filter the runes out, sort of trace them in place, putting the excess to the sides until the sequence is created that glows. And the main cylinder sort of flashes and pulses a couple times, almost like a, an irregular heartbeat before that energy swells, then peters down the cylinder, filters across the floor, lighting up some of the breaks in the tile and wrapping its way around the third plate on the ground, which reads the circumference of it in sort of slow trickling green flame as the plate <clears throat> glows this bright green light. The clanking Ignis picks up. I look at uh, Tara and I say, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check that out. I'll be right back. I won't go too far." And I um, give a thumbs uh, up, and then I realize I'm invisible, and so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I I am also going to cast invisibility on myself, and and then sneakily walk down and try to find the sound. The mysterious ticking noise. The myster oh, God, help us. Um, okay, so you head out, um, and I, you're heading up that main pathway. Uh, Angelo, are you, uh, are you still tweaking it around, or are you keeping the third one on? I'll keep the third one on. Okay, just holding it there, sort of waiting for a sign from, from Ignis, basically? Yeah. Terry, you're doing the same? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ignis, you head up and out the main pathway to the, the place the roads diverge, the passageways diverge, and you can hear that the clanking is coming from somewhere down the left passageway. I go that way. Okay. Head down that way and down the descending steep stairs. Uh, it's a fairly precarious descent, these they're steep and shallow stairs, so as I said, so it's not the easiest descent. You head down there. Uh, it is pitch black. The stairwell, at the very least. Uh, though, where the arcane eye didn't discern this for 
Angelo before, now as the clanking picks up, you can start to see some flickerings of green light at the base of the stairwell. And this clanking is getting fairly decisive and loud. This clink, 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 clink. And once you get to the base of the stairwell, to this wide sort of square opening that leads into this this tomb-shaped room, the crystal and the pedestal in the center of the room is pulsing now. And this light trickles down like liquid through the pedestal and splinters off into 15 little trails veering throughout the room, five to each side of the room that doesn't hold the opening. And as the line hits each of these sarcophagi, they too take and subsume this light, which feeds its way into each receptacle, each construct in each sarcophagi. And now as you're standing there watching, invisible, in the doorway, you can see the clanking is the sound of clank, one part of each construct being filled with energy and detaching from the tube work that holds it to the sarcophagi. Two on, uh, on each flanking side have already fully energized and exited their sarcophagi. They seem to be looking and turned to their attention towards the rest of the, the, the caskets here and seem to be waiting for all of them to be open or to be uh, undone. What do you do? Um. Ah, fuck me. Uh. <laughs> oh. I. Oh. Um. I'm going to. I'm going to try and go destroy the the gem in the middle. In fact, I'll I'll, I'll let my uh, my long sword uh, fly over. No, fuck. No, I I run over and then right as I get up to it, I'm just I'm gonna just swing the shit out of it and hope that I can break it. You can you roll me? This is not greater invisibility, right? It's it's just invisibility. Correct. Okay, roll me a stealth check. Right, right, right. Uh, but I have advantage. Yeah. Oh yeah. I sure yeah. hope you do. <laughs> Road, <laughs> Road work ahead. ahead. <laughs> Great. I sure hope you do. Okay. Okay. Um. 26. Yeah. It's the Bugs Bunny tiptoe. Like, you just skitter across the room and you're just taking a swing with the Lux Blade? Yeah, I'm gonna swing, swing. Okay, roll me an attack. Uh, and I'm also... <laughs> I will also start, like... I, I'll do, like, a battle cry. I'll start yelling. So that they so that they can hear me. Hiya! <laughs> Just full like link, <laughs> swinging at parts. 
Um, okay. <laughs> the upper one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, roll me an attack. Uh, that's a uh, 27 to hit. Yeah, that's going to hit. Roll me damage. I haven't even taken on this goddamn damage die. What am I doing? That's Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, 15 points of damage. Yeah, you... Blink! You just smack into the crystal, breaking a couple of the the tubes that connect to it, the little wiring that tethers it to the pedestal, off the way, chipping it. Not quite fully breaking it yet, but the the energy that's tethering to it and from it to the other sarcophagi flickers for a moment. As you swing and yell, the invisibility dispels... And the four already fully woken constructs look straight towards you. In the chamber, the central pillar, that sort of central column with the flickering energy, sort of swirls and flickers like liquid until a slender, skeletal face appears in the almost like as mist and liquid in the thing, like a projection. And it is a face seared into your memory laced with distaste disgust and hatred as the visage of Vindictus appears in the mist and utters you should not be here yet I, I, I'm still swinging this is in the last I got two I got two attacks okay I, for the last moment of this session, we are going to finish those two, that final part of the attack action here. Swing away. You've done 15 points of damage. That's a 26. To That's going to hit. As the four constructs step one bit closer. Oh, good. 16 points of damage. 16. Another piece chips right off of it. The things flicker again. Two more constructs are almost fully formed. Swing again. I mean, I get to swing again? You said you have... You have oh, do you have two or three attacks a turn? I have two. I, I, I can use my bonus action. I'll allow it if you want to. Uh, unarmed strike. Swing, swing, elbow drop. Punch. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, punch. Uh, that's not as high, but still pretty good. 18. 18, that's going to hit. Okay. Good, 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 good. That's good. <laughs> Why do I always do this? That's the um, question you can only answer. Eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. Okay. How's it look? You, you chip it again. It's looking fractured and cracked. The energy is now no longer staying a steady stream. It's perpetually flickering and crackling. It is not looking well. Uh, it's been the key point. Flurry of blows. One more hit. Okay. You've got a fifth construct fully stepping out of its thing. The other two probably only 15 feet away from you now. Make another swing. Um, 
not as good. Fifteen. Fifteen? You have inspiration, yeah. don't forget. Oh, I guess. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Fifteen? Are you using inspiration? Seventeen. That's going to hit. Roll for damage. Uh, that's another eight points of damage. Eight points? Let me just make sure I'm doing the math right. Yeah, you're just good. You're just good. 45 hit points. Uh, you f- f- like slash, slash, help, punch! And it just, the top third of the crystal shatters away and the energy bleeds off so the other what 10 constructs that are sort of half or a third out in the sarcophagi but the five of them that are awake and and active are making their way steadily towards you and with the visage of vindictus in this column here leering over you We'll pick right up there next week. <laughs> Somebody split the party. Again. And there's three of us. And there's three of us. <laughs> I'm uh, okay. I'm all right. I have my ways of getting out. You're just I down the no hall. Ways. Yeah. Not too far. Not too far at all. So we will come back right here. Battle map ready. Uh, if not for the sake of combat, for at least for the sake of spacing. Mm-hmm. and tunnels mm-hmm. uh next week same time as always and we'll have some fun some uh, robo stomping one way or another mm-hmm. good stuff i love a i love a session sorry i'm making this one a little short mm-hmm. i'm just dying a little bit and i am losing my thread on reality so uh excellent good stuff again if you haven't uh those of you who are listening we had a, a lovely sizable audience full of old friends and new in the chat today good to see some of you guys um jump on our discord if you haven't find us on instagram we're always posting fun clips on there as well and enjoy the rest of your week don't Mm -hmm. stress yourself too hard find moments of enjoyment tell somebody you love them and uh follow us along here as i'm sure we're about to raid someone yeah and uh, someone's chat thank you for the bits and the follows and the subscribes everyone thank you thank you so much um we are going to be raiding negative two charisma negative two charisma rest in peace rest in peace love you all see you next week see you next week see you on sunday over at legends of alos yeah yeah. be there or be square absolutely all right see you guys later peace peace Thanks for listening. Bards of New York streams on Twitch every Monday at 6.30pm Eastern Standard Time. And, if you have the means, you can donate to the show through Twitch or through the link in the podcast description. Any and all donations go directly into making the show as high quality as possible, and we appreciate any support you can provide, even if it's just a listen. Thank you so much. We love you. See you soon.